future. We're talking real money. You know, I've decided I'm I'm just it's going to be like a few weeks and I'm going to be dead because apparently a week happens in like 30 seconds now. Uh, so my life is going to be really short, apparently, because it feels like it was just Saturday a few minutes ago and it's Saturday again. Wow. How did that happen? Hey, hi. Welcome to Talking Real Money on a Saturday, unless you're listening to the podcast on a Monday or Tuesday. I am Don McDonald and sitting, no, standing over there at his music stand, getting ready to conduct the Maltby Symphony Orchestra is Mr. Thomas Seacock. Hello. You, I didn't get the back row, not attentive enough. Let's go. Pay attention. <laughs> Aren't you used to that by now? Them not being yeah, attentive. Yeah. Be you're on like, time. You're like holding an, advi- hold an advisor thing? meeting. They're all like, yeah. oh, 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 I had to, I had to, tr- oh, sorry, I had to show up for the meeting. Sorry. I may have paid attention this week with the S&P 500 down almost 6%. Oh, man. Maybe that woke them up. But man, okay, was that, so. uh, yeah, we should probably address that little elephant, but, yeah, uh, sure. but. But yeah, it's a bad week for stocks. Yeah, it was. But it Nasdaq wasn't as worse, bad a week. Way. It was yeah. not as bad a week for stocks if you owned a globally diversified portfolio. Touche. Yeah, yeah so. Nasdaq. The things that have gone straight up apparently are going straight down. Cryptocurrency, Nasdaq stocks. I mean, a lot of stuff. Those. I was wow. looking though at my small cap value fund. It didn't do as badly. My emerging markets. They're they're not as. Uh, as awful as the u.s bigger cap markets were well uh, the but, s&p 500 year to date is down about seven and a half and the global is down about four yeah that's about half yeah anyway what yeah. we're going to talk about today is we have a we have a love and an occasional hate relationship with vanguard we've had it's been a long love affair so a little bit yeah of so a little bit of hate in there makes ain't sense, a yeah. bad thing uh, it no. turns out vanguard did something really dumb to me it's just dumb and it all started with Vanguard's institutional target date funds. They used to have a was it was it a one hundred million dollar minimum? I can't yes, remember it, the number. It was a one hundred million dollar minimum for major institutions to Which invest is... in these institutional target yeah. retirement funds well last year i don't have mine in that because i was just shy of that so i decided not to do that by the I, way so i was close. way shy of that so <laughs> um so anyway so they lowered the minimum to five million last year now what do you suppose now i i, I mean immediately this is what i would think a lot of people are going to move from their regular funds in which they mm-hmm. had 5.1 million dollars or six million dollars yeah into the lower fee institutional funds they're just going to sell one by the other now what happens when somebody sells a mutual fund well the mutual fund needs to sell something to generate the cash right and number two if there's a gain in there and they need to sell that then guess what everybody else who still holds the fund you just get left holding the bag of those wonderful capital gains lovely so it turned out it set off this huge huge stampede their target funds uh, their regular target funds sank by about $8 billion 
Is that about right? Yeah, it's about $8 billion. Yeah, it's about eight. And, yeah, in mm, one fund, in just one fund. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. then it, it, others went down even more. So we got all these yeah. billions of dollars. So let's just say you had a $100,000 in one of these Vanguard target date funds. Well, you probably got hit with a distribution yeah. in the in the realm of 20 30%. Yeah, I mean, here's one guy that had 1.9 million in there. He got a distribution of five hundred thousand dollars. You got to pay federal and, in his case, state tax on. Yeah, yeah, Man, that's painful. See, this is one of the downsides of mutual funds, and one of the reasons why we've told you that uh, owning, particularly actively managed funds, because they distribute capital gains all the time, but even in this case, index funds can result in a taxable event that you didn't realize you would be experiencing. And Vanguard didn't help anybody because they never really told anyone this was a possibility, and they they should have known this. If your money is in a post-tax like brokerage kind of account like this person's was, Huge problem. If it's in an IRA or some big deal, it no doesn't matter problem. at all. It doesn't then. matter. Don't, no. doesn't matter. But in this case, it was post-tax. And a lot of people do put these in these target date funds because the guy said, you know, sort of a set it and forget it. I'm not going to worry about it. The money's there. Well, the money was there. And then it was, the government is going to want a sizable part of that. So, yeah, this was a mistake by Vanguard. And frankly, just another reason to own exchange-traded funds in those post-tax accounts. And when we come back, we are going to share with you a new ironclad absolute ain't no doubt about it rule for your portfolio okay tom and don are talking real money a second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally let one of our vestry advisors help you save your future at vestry.com v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money Oh, I forgot to mention, our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call us if you've got some questions or comments or ideas or thoughts or uh, worries about money, money matters of almost any kind. Um, by the way, so we were talking about Vanguard and how they, uh, they, they are paying out some really big capital gains distributions on their target date funds for last year. And they do actually mention in passing on page 10 of their summary prospectus quote distributions may be taxable as ordinary income or capital gain but that's about as big as the warning is <laughs> it's the only warning you have so we're gonna i'm gonna hit my mic really hard and then we're going to present you with a new iron clad rule this is a rule we think you should follow in every instance when you are investing in certain kinds of accounts tom please share the new rule with our listeners. You don't tug on Superman's cape. Okay. No. Um, you, I no. think okay. spitting into the wind is actually a lot more <laughs> likely than, yeah. than, than than ever finding Superman. So that's uh, good. Point. Do you have another the way, think, rule that you'd think, like to I, share? I think I think today it's all about Spider Man anyway. So I'm behind the times as usual. Yes, I do. You don't In tug post- on Spider Man's web. <laughs> exactly. In any post tax account. Post tax, non qualified. If it's correct after tax an IRA account. Roth, that's separate. If it's a post tax brokerage type account, use exchange traded funds instead of mutual funds only. Yeah, only. Then there will be no surprises because of the way ETFs are structured. Exchange traded funds do not distribute 
capital gains along the way. The only time you incur a capital gain on an ETF is when you sell the ETF. Yeah, the way they're designed, the, there's actually the word exchange is exactly right. They exchange securities rather than sell securities. It's which is a, a huge pretty, advantage. Pretty yeah. big difference. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. We'll talk about money with you like we're going to do with Wes. Hey, Wes, welcome to the show. Hey, John and Bob, love the show. Uh, kind of along the same topic you guys are talking about, um, I, I have an IRA that I, I pulled over from another job. Uh, and now I want to start distributing, you know, or putting it in the right places. And uh, looking at your uh, your website, you had the the three funds. I, I wasn't going to do bonds because I think my uh, current 401k takes care of all that, and I, I've got at least 30 years. So I was using the the two iShares things you recommended, yeah. so I could do the ETF version yeah. instead of the mutual fund. I'm in Fidelity, yep. and that- they, did, they don't really seem to have much of an ETF option yet. So, um, so I have the ITOT and the IXUS. But I wanted, I always hear you guys talking about small cap value as well, but I don't see anything about an ETF through like iShares or, you know, somewhere else. Uh, well, you, you know, have to remember one of the things we're doing with those funds, you see, those are designed for sheer simplicity. We are taking the opposite tact to Paul Merriman when he gives you like 10 or 300 funds somewhere in there. Uh, we, we were trying to go for really, really simple, incredibly simple, where you just get a U.S. and an international fund. That was it. But yes, there are really good small cap funds. As a matter of fact, Tom has a fund that he really likes. It's yeah, aggressive, but it is definitely a small cap ETF, small cap yeah, value. It's, yeah, it's, it's operated by Avantis, and the ticker is AVUV, the Avantis small cap, U.S. small cap value fund. So what you could do in this case, if it's going to be 100% in stocks, you could put... 40% in the U.S., 40% in the international, and then 20% in the AVUV. Now you've got a little more exposure to those smaller value-oriented companies that you don't really have much of when you own the big Hurricane One Fund solutions. Does that help? Does Avantis have like a, a – a ver- yeah, it does. I was just wondering if they have a version uh, just like the iShares one, or is that pretty much what you're saying for the small-cap value? I just have to go through them because – iShares doesn't have one, or do they? No, Avantis, I think iShares has one. Uh, uh, they might. Sure. Let, me, let me. Yeah, but well, we you, the nice thing up. about ETFs, because you're buying them in your Fidelity account, is that they're easily mixed right. and matched. You don't have to stick with one okay. group. You can kind of pick and choose the ones you like the best. And the reason we like those iShares is because they have really, really, really low fees. iShares has the SVAL, I believe, which is the u.s small cap value yeah. i mean it's so it's a similar fund i just i'm familiar with avantis because there's a group of folks that uh, used to work at dimensional mutual funds now dimensional has etfs as well and uh, so we're just we know them we know the fund and it's one that i feel comfortable recommending to people it's it's, a, it's more aggressive probably than the yeah more, i'll bet it is uh, than the the iShares. i'm going to look at the iShares. small yeah, the cap iShares, value. oh wait that is a factor etf yeah, it's factor. So it probably it has a, a significant amount of the small and value and it's cheaper. Tilted. It's cheaper than Avantis. Thirty basis is it thirty or oh twenty basis points? It's twenty on the iShares. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty cheap. So that would that would be a. You see, you're, we're we're going to be quibbling over minor differences between yep. them. That iShares value fund, the factor value fund, the uh, SVAL is the symbol, would be a perfectly good fund to get small cap value into your portfolio um 
And remember, though, all small cap value funds tend to have a much higher degree of volatility over time than do the larger company funds. It makes sense, too, right? Yeah. Because you're owning an asset class where it might work out for some companies. It might not work out for some companies. Most of those larger ones will stick around and uh, you probably have already had significant growth. So does that help? It does. That's great. Appreciate it, guys. All right. You betcha. Thanks for the call, Wes. We have another line available to you right now at 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. You know, and that the, the point of the you mentioned something very important. We give you on the website three. It's at Schwab, right? And Vanguard and Schwab, Fidelity. Vanguard, Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. The idea there is this is just a very simple way to get started. If you're going to try to make a little bit more or if history is a guide, will make a little bit more. You're going to want to have some other types of asset classes more dominant in those portfolios. But for somebody just getting going, setting it up, being real simple, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those three fund portfolios. Yeah, and again, the three fund portfolios, <laughs> those should only be used in a tax, a, a qualified yeah. tax advantage account, okay? Because they can distribute capital gains, and that will probably come as a terrible surprise when they finally do that. Yeah, I mean, who wants to get a tax? What, what the guy is half a million dollars in distributions? I mean, that's so outrageous that. Uh, oh, poor guy. Wow, that's just what a shock. Yeah. Can't imagine, really, <laughs> waking up and finding out that you got that huge tax bill when you thought you were in a fairly tax efficient type of investment because. You know, target date fund should be, but they do not care. There's no, there's nobody managing that fund who cares about taxes uh, because most of the money is in retirement accounts. So what do they care? It's do whatever it takes. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Uh, it's free. It's easy. And we're going to talk about almost anything that affects your bottom line. So give us a call. 855-935-TALK. I'm Don. That's Tom hanging out here talking real money. Don't go away. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Once again, our phone number is 855 935 talk 855-935-8255 you can even call that number 24 hours a day seven days a week and the other thing is you can send us questions at talkingrealmoney.com as way too many of you do at least in typing form so we really are just just hard to get through all of these but we're really plugging along and trying we're only about a week behind right now okay so that's not bad so Better than get, the rest of my life in let, some ways. So let's get a couple good. of those out of the yep. way, shall we? Okay. Hit me. All right, here you go. Uh, hi, Tom and Don. Well, he actually got our names right, as yeah. opposed to, what were we, John and Bob? John and Bob. John, and Bob. Yeah, John and Bob. Yeah. We just answered all kinds of names. <laughs> hey, you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to your, and get this, he capitalized it. I've been listening to your wonderful podcast. <laughs> 
Oh, that's nice. For about seven months. And I have to say it's very educational and funny as well. And I'm sure in parentheses he meant Don, but that's okay. Uh, Underlined three times, yes. My question is, I have a five- and a seven-year-old child, and I would like to start saving for their college. I have only heard you suggest the Utah plan, but is it a better option for me to do the New Mexico plan since we live here? Is there maybe a tax benefit? Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that because yeah, every would, state's different. I it's, think it's, there is. I think that so there wouldn't be here in Washington State because we don't have a state income tax. Exactly, of any kind. So exactly. It if if you get a five twenty nine in your own state, in most cases it is also state tax. In many states, it's state tax free. So yeah. what does that mean? That what, means which 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 part is tax free? When the money comes out? When the money comes out. Well, the money comes out as tax-free anyway. Well, but not necessarily to the, in the states. It's only federal. I see. Okay. okay. So so they could tax you then for the money that you take could. out to pay for your kids' I don't, tuition? I don't, you know, and I'm trying to find the plan details mm, on the New Mexico crazy. program looks like a pretty good one. Uh, I, I have never looked at it before, um, but they have their own plan that uses DFA and Vanguard, and it looks like these guys all use the same funds these days. Uh, their fees so can ex- we say can we say unequivocally the plan is not breaking bad? Oh, you're so bad. That was too easy. Okay. No, it was it was just too bad. It was just <laughs> okay. too bad. Fair it enough. broke it broke bad, Tom. <laughs> well, that, really did. Talk huh. about a joke breaking to the you got, jokes kind of either break good or yeah, break bad. Well, yours yeah. was breaking bad at the very, Mine the very beginning. Mine Mars on the other side of the wave. Yeah, I got total it. expenses in the New Mexico plan are. Point one zero to point four zero. Yeah, I, the good news with all these five twenty nines is they've most of them have been cleaned up in the last decade. Most, not all, but most. They don't have commissions anymore. It used to be a lot with commissions. They don't have uh, high expense actively managed funds. Most of them, and they most have the age based program, which I think makes total sense. They have age based New Mexico yeah, five twenty nine. Right. You get a deduction. You do from for, New Mexico oh, when the money tax. goes in. Yeah, ah. from oh, okay. New that's Mexico tax. Yeah, that's great. So okay. that's an advantage. Um, if you, although it's not that big, if you contribute a hundred dollars a month and you How have a hundred thousand dollars in income, you will save fifty nine dollars a year in New Mexico tax. Okay, well, uh, let's go back though. <laughs> There's the reason that you're putting the money away in this fund is not for the tax break. It is because you hope your child will go to higher education, and part of it will be paid for by the saving that you put aside and the growth of that portfolio. That's why it should be done, not because you're hoping to reduce your taxes. Well, there you go. All right. uh, That's my little You want another question? Soapbox. You can probably do I don't know if you can do this one fast enough. All right. Give me a quick one. No, I don't think you can do this one quick enough. Okay. All right. Because what is that? Yeah, see, we got news coming up. But I'll do this one after. Well, we got a caller afterwards. Oh, see, I didn't even look over there. Look, we got a caller waiting. So we're not going to go there yet either. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take the uh, the news break and then uh, remind you of the number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Oh, and I'd also like to ask a favor of you. If you haven't yet, listen to our podcast. We do more than just this Saturday show on Como. As a matter of fact, it becomes a podcast on Monday and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Tom and I do a podcast that we turn into a video cast. Then on Thursday, we do a podcast. On Friday, I do a podcast. And we do some best ofs over the weekend. So if you go listen to the podcast, 
you're going to get lots of good stuff. So go yeah. check subscribe, it out. Subscribe, right? Don't you well, you don't subscribe. subscribe. It's not subscribe. Okay. It's it's oh gosh, what is it? Follow. Hit the follow button because that'll help improve our our placement. So go to Apple Podcasts, which is that little purple thing on your iPhone, and follow us. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. And our favorite thing of all is to talk real money with you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Don. That's Tom. No, I'm John. You're I Bob. I thought you were Bob. No. Okay, I'll be Bob. I'll be Bob today. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, speaking of Bob, my my um, the, my brother who, who died in the, in the car wreck, his, yes. his ex-wife posted on Facebook after the death of Meatloaf. She said uh, on one of their first dates, they had just been dating, and my brother was working in Denver, and he won tickets to a concert. And he calls, no. he calls uh, my sister-in-law up, and he says, uh, I, I won tickets to this concert, um, but I don't know who the band is. I've never heard of this band before. And she goes, who's the band? And he goes, Meatloaf. And she goes, you've never heard of Meatloaf? Really? Seriously? You've never heard of meatloaf. We this used was... to get it every Friday night at my house, so I don't know how she couldn't, but, but, but okay. But what it reminded me, my brother, his taste in music was it's very weird. He, we grew up in the same era, in the 70s. I listened to progressive rock. He listened yes. to show tunes and Navajo oh. Indian chants. Wow. Yeah. that was he, So he had no idea. Who, Navajo any... Indian chants? Yes. I don't, even know, if I, I don't even know if I, if I heard one, I'd know it was. Yeah, he loved those things. His they would they would resonate from his bedroom all hours of the day and night. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Eight five five nine three five talks our number. Hey, Ron, what's for dinner? Meatloaf. Yeah, meatloaf. Welcome to the yeah. show. Hey, Ron, how are you? Oh, doing good. Just listening to your program. Thanks. I enjoy it every Saturday morning. Um. My question was, I had Westport Mutual Fund, and it was taken over by Hennessy Institutional Mid-Cap 30. First couple of years, they played a nice uh, capital gains, and then the last three years, nothing. And then this year, they finally did a dividend, small dividend. What I'm wondering is, I'd like to get out of it, is there some way of exchanging the institutional fund for an investor fund with Hennessy? Oh, possibly within the group itself. Uh, what's the What's the name of the funds you have? Okay, the one that I acquired was Hennessy Institutional Mid Cap Thirty. Institutional Mid Cap Thirty. Huh? Can't even find it's that one. Up, uh, the Westport Mutual Fund. So I got stocks or uh, mutual funds through them that I had with Westport. Yeah, I just want to. Well, I was trying to find out. Uh, I know the Hennessy group, uh, and I was just trying to find an institutional fund to get an idea of what kind of costs. Uh, it's a mid-cap 30. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, 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 institutional. 
starting to sound like Jimmy Stewart now. I'm going to be blissfully ignorant on all that. I'm trying to find it. Mike cannot find it. Uh, uh, Hennessy, okay. Hennessy Cornerstone, mid-cap 30. Hey. Uh, oh, my gosh. institutional what? share class or something? I mean, It's that's just the 30 with... funds. I mean, 30 stocks. 30, I, right. well, when he said mid-cap 30, I was kind of figuring yeah, that. Yeah, so. and okay. The What's the expense right. ratio? And you know, it doesn't surprise me that they wouldn't. Uh, that there may not be any capital gains distributions, particularly if they're, you know, they're buying uh, and selling, which it looks like it is a an actively managed fund. So they're they could be buying at buying th- selling things at a loss and uh, and to offset some of their gains. I'm trying to pull up the prospectus here to get a fee structure because. I can almost guarantee you there's no institutional share class of that fund, though. There's well, no. There's an investor class, HMF. Okay, investor class. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. there isn't. No. What, what? Why would you care? What? What would be the difference to you between the institutional class and the investor class, except for higher fees? The uh, institutional has been what's been hanging around um, thirty dollars a share. Now it's down to eighteen. And I thought the investor class would be traded a lot more freely than the institutional class. They should be identical in their trading because they have the same portfolios. Investor class was around sixty dollars. Well, but see, the share price is the share um, price. The share price is irrelevant. Now they're back. Yeah, they went down. Okay, no, but share price, share price, price per share is irrelevant. The, the the price per share of a mutual fund is random. It just depends on when the fund started and at what price they originally uh, established that fund. And so, um, let's see, I'm looking at the thir- Wow, their expense ratio is 1% on an institutional fund. I need you to hang on with me for a minute. This This is kind of... Wow. Whoa. Yeah, you don't want to go to their investor fund. Hang on. 855-935-TOM. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry. We can help. Just set up a free no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, give us a call. 855-935-TALK. We're talking to Ron, and Ron had a mutual fund that was converted into what was called the what is called the Hennessy Cornerstone Mid-Cap 30 Institutional, which is a made for large investors. Now, this fund has an expense ratio, and if you've listened for a while, you know that we're going to this is the kind of expense ratio we blanch at. It's over. It's one point one percent per year. It's good. I haven't had lunch yet. That's a good thing because it might be coming up when I hear that expense and, ratio. And, and Ron's question was: It should he move into the mid cap thirty investor fund, which has an expense ratio of one point four percent per year? And Ron, it is exactly the same mutual fund that buys and sells securities at exactly the same time. So it's not going to make a hill of beans a difference to you, except you're going to make less money because you're paying more in expenses. Now, as it is, we feel our job, and we have no horse in this race whatsoever. We don't really, we don't get any different compensation, whichever fund you're in. We think you're making a mistake being in this fund. Yeah. It is a high expense ratio. The, it, it, 
the fact that the uh, standard deviation is 30, which refers to the amount of risk you're taking, you're taking a ton of risk. The return has been fairly average over the last decade. This is not a place that we think you should have your money. No. Higher risk, uh, not, no compensating return. We, what you need, I would imagine, Ron, you have a lot of money in it. Is that correct? Right. You need yeah, a tax. Over 100000 at this point based on the capital gains that mm-hmm. I've gotten. The first yeah. year I had it, capital gains was like $12,000. Second year was $18,000. But the last three years, there's been no capital gains or dividends. Well, actually, though, the lack of a capital gains distribution is actually, in our opinion, a very good thing. You want your capital gains to roll forward, which is why we prefer index funds or particularly ETFs. Our suggestion would be, and we can't get a lot deeper into it with you because we can't do a whole portfolio review here. But our suggestion to you is do a little pre-tax planning. And then get the heck out of this fund and get yourself into, if you own the Vanguard Total World Stock ETF, stock ETF, if you own that, you would be in a less aggressive portfolio that has historically made more money and cost you a fraction of a percent. And you, the only Hennessy I think you should be dealing with here would be coming out of a bottle. So no, Yeah, I, I'd bail. I would absolutely bail yep. on this fund. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. And Steve is next. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, hey Steve. Hey, got a question for you about a 401k um, <coughs> uh, manager. Um, anyways, I got... Uh, email the other day and they said that they were rebalancing my account so i don't understand what that means exactly and this is from an old employer 401k that i have sitting around so it's not did you as part of generally if you have put money in a 401k generally they give you a list of the mutual funds to put the money in and you select those funds and the money goes in and then nothing's going to happen after that. I mean, they're not going to reba- rebalancing refers to selling one fund and buying another one. But some so, 401ks yeah. have an advisory firm Correct. that helps manage the 401k. And that sounds like what you have. And if you do, then they're going, they're going to do that when it reaches a certain threshold. If you're had set up to be 60% in stocks, 40% bonds, it reaches 65%. They're going to say, well, we're going to sell some of the 60 put it in the bonds because we got to make sure you're staying within your percentages. If you if it's an old 401k plan, why not roll it over to your new employer? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. Um, yeah, they said something about future uh, deposits or whatever will still go where they were originally uh, state or slotted to go, but then they. They rebalance, I guess, whatever's in there. So I'm not. Well, rebalancing means what Tom said. What what they're they're saying is, and what the the reason they're very likely rebalancing is because the stock market went way up last year, and the stock portion of your portfolio is higher than the originally intended percentage. So they're selling some stocks and probably buying some bonds. They better hurry. Uh, so, oh, so they, and it, they may be referring also to a new fund in there because the it sounds a little like. Of, of me. <laughs> Pardon? Hopefully, he says. Hopefully, they're acting in his best interest. Yeah, we hope they do that. have a fiduciary responsibility as an employer plan. Yes, mm-hmm. that is true. But again, in my in my take, 
I would move that either to an IRA or more likely just move it to your new retirement plan. Have one retirement plan because people end yeah. up with a, in the words of Don McDonald, a hodgepodge otherwise. Hodgepodgery. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best thing. Keep it simple. Get it moved into something else. Keep it simple. Steve, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. Hey, I saw something that you sent me this week. What did we I have send just a minute. you? We you sent a me a piece... Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> AARP. Now, I'm not usually huge fans of their investment advice because it's... No, it's it not feels, good. It feels like it's... Uh, it's investment. It, it What's usually, the word we're supposed to use? Uh, it's payola. The P word. Yeah, anyway, the cheesecake or whatever. It feels like that in some ways because they're getting trying to get you interested. But in this case, in this case, Don, you actually struck gold because in this <laughs> case, they actually... Well, they actually said, here's how you buy index funds. They pointed out that there are like 2,400 stocks traded on the NYSE, and there's like 2,500 index funds. So how the world do you pick them? Which I thought, actually, that's kind of interesting because it's hard if you're just walking in no, the door. No, see, it's not. Okay. It's, it's not, in my opinion. <laughs> but if you know nothing. If you know nothing, you ignore all of them, and you just buy the total market. <laughs> all right. That's what I was getting to. And they actually said you could do a pretty good portfolio with three funds, Yeah, which we agree. You could yeah. do... Three mutual funds, three ETFs, depending on your which type of account you own. But I like the advice, um, and and don't get caught up in the newest, latest index funds because there are new ones every day. Companies have figured out that you like the term index fund. There could be an index of whatever, and they think you're going to be interested because it's an index fund. You don't want those, and you yeah. correctly point out, Don, you want the very very diversified the problem is that we it used to be that if you said index you really were talking about the s&p 500 that was about it there weren't that many of them that yeah. anybody used for for funds and then we've got total market indexes mcsi and uh efa and uh, for, for overseas and all of these different things but you don't need to worry about all of those you you have to avoid getting in the weeds as we say you have to avoid listening to all the latest bits of information or reading about the latest and greatest things and just stick with tried and true stuff that makes sense and that holds up under academic scrutiny. Yeah, really I mean, there's a, and there's, it's about 99% of the stuff that doesn't, <laughs> frankly. In fact, I'd even forgotten that there were like 100 S&P 500 index funds, some of which you could pay... I think Rydex still has one where you could pay 1% a year. 1% yeah. a year. I, I mean, you could go on it for 1 100th of that or whatever. I mean, what is it? Three basis points that's And, that's and that, by the way, if you own a Rydex S&P 500 fund, you have what is literally the poster child of bad financial advice. Um, you are you if anyone if anyone owns the Rydex s p 500 the a shares b shares or c Ugh. shares or the 2x strategy a or the pure growth a or the pure value or any of those if you own any of those in your portfolio and your advisor told you to put them in Ugh. your advisor could not possibly be acting in your best interest it is impossible to say that someone is acting in your best interest and suggesting those funds. 855-935-TALK, our number. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money.
At some point, most investors need professional financial guidance. So get a little bit of free help or a lifetime of affordable 100% fiduciary guidance at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we underestimated. I had forgotten how high the fees were on the Rydex S&P 500 Class A shares. <laughs> if somebody sold you that, they collected a 4.75% front load, which is bad enough. They also collect a quarter of a point every year, probably in a 12B1 fee, a trailer as they call it. But the annual expense ratio... For the S&P 500 fund from Rydex is 1.65%. <laughs> I mean, that is the, the Vanguard 500 index, the Admiral Fund, which is their S&P 500 fund, is 004 that tells you how big the difference is. If you're looking for a little bit of help trying to figure out how your portfolio is structured, looking to start a plan, just some, get some advice, go to Vestory.com and uh, we'll take care of you. Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.